So welcome everyone to the cup of coffee, cup of cup, the good start. Let's, can, we, can we do that again? We'll get it in the edit. Um, welcome, welcome everyone to the cup of coffee. I can't say it. I need someone on a resignment commission. Um, welcome everyone to the cup of coffee podcast with me, Tom Dillon. Uh, this has been recorded live at our weekly online meeting and broadcast around the world. Uh, Chris is here again from Wales. Um, today's topic is uh, what is financial education and how should we teach it? Um, perhaps with a focus on children, but anyone uh, is useful um and we're joined by uh, a couple of in incredible speakers um i say that we don't know yet because we've not heard them speak but let's, let's let's fill them with even more confidence than they already have um we've got uh, mark dixon first and then uh, julie talbot um who'll be talking about their sort of very different experiences but i want to make it clear that um, you've all got to be awake more awake than usual because frankly it's usually <laughs> usually all half asleep no um, uh, I just like shouting at a lot of people on a Saturday morning. Um, but you're not really, you're normally, you're normally brilliant. So uh, have your thinking caps on because I've sort of left this session um, with plenty of time for questions or comments because just because I think we've all got different experiences and different, maybe it's just, oh, I played this game with my grandkids or I've done this with my niece and nephew or I taught this to my brother when he was 50 and it really helped him, you know, whatever it might be. I think those little experiences are really going to add something there. So have your thinking caps on um, as well. Um, and before I start, I'd just like to pop in a disclaimer that if today's anything, then it's a chat among some interesting people, but nothing said here constitutes advice or financial advice. You should always take professional advice before investing your hard-earned cash. Right, let's get cracking. So we're gonna, Matt's going to speak to us first, um, and then Julie, and I've got some bits and pieces as well in between times. So um, I'm just firing up Mark's uh, very exciting-looking uh, bit of bio. I do like a nice bio. Um, where have we gone here? Here we are. So uh, Mark has 14 years of experience with young people in various roles. Um, he's been known to sign autographs as Peter Crouch. Uh, he's currently working in the UK's only secure estate to achieve outstanding uh, status, so rating through Ofsted. Um, he's worked in uh, social, emotional and mental health schools in Salford and Northumberland. Um, has coached soccer in America and also been a youth worker in the UK, um, uh, delivering drop-in and informal sessions uh, he's an ambassador for education and believes that the way young people are taught can be improved through real life experience. Uh, he's passionate about improving their lives and chances of success for young people and has a mission to impact schools, youth groups and communities. I've done quite well with that, given I couldn't say cup of coffee um, a moment ago. Things are warming up. I think I've got a cup of tea on the way and that should improve things further. Um, so uh, without further ado, let's get, let's get Mark on the line. Are you there, Mark? I am, um, yes. Yeah. So, thank you. Thank you for that. That was great. Morning, sir. Can you all hear me? Yeah, you hear me okay. Um, so, uh, what, what excite excitements have you got to share with us? Fire away. Okay. Great. So, as mentioned, I currently work in a secure unit for young people. Um, and basically, I'll go back to my background. I was raised by a single mother who had a successful business. But from what I recall, I don't remember very many conversations about money or finance, despite me, man, running a business, you know. Um, she, the one thing she did teach us is to invest in property, which I'm pleased I'm doing and following, but we didn't really have that many conversations on the dinner table about how to run a business or how to manage money or anything. So I'm thinking if I had a parent who was running a business and successful, but we still didn't really talk too much about money. Then what about other people, you know, their experience? So anyway, I'll, I'll go on. So for me, um, financial education is teaching people how to survive and thrive in, in the world which is dominated by money. Um, we need to help we make people, people to make better decisions um, in regards to debt, pensions and investments. So that, that for me is what financial education is. Um, I'm going to look on to schools and financial education in schools. Obviously, it's a big part of my background and currently still what I do now. Um, in the past, schools were very authoritative, had to follow suit, and there's very little chance of creativity among pupils. Um, you, you know, it was kind of ruled by um, discipline and order, if you like, going back to the times when there was a cane and, and even moving up, up to more recent times. Currently, um, the present situation in schools has, I'm pleased to say, improved. Uh, technology is now massive for learning, both for teachers and pupils. But, however, there's still a lot of pressure on young people and families to have the latest products, the latest trainers, that, you know, 
the financial pressures on families can be massive. Um, I'm pleased to say as well, there's additional lessons in schools, such as Barclays Skill for Life, which they go into schools, deliver sessions on finance, debt, credit cards, etc. I don't have any first-hand experience of this, but I'm told by a regional development manager who I know at Barclays that these are quite successful. Um, I've also run enterprise clubs in school. So this is where young people would get a budget, they would plan and design a product, and then they would sell that product to their local schools or communities or families, and then they would keep the profits and then go on a trip towards the end or go out for a meal or something like that. Again, really important in producing that entrepreneur sort of mindset. Unfortunately, I don't think it happens enough in schools. I may be wrong with that, but you know, it's a bit of a, a novelty, if you like. So that, that's my point. Um, currently as well, we've got Martin Lewis, who's a fantastic ambassador of financial education. And I noted that he's, he's funded some financial education textbooks worth about 325,000. So again, finan financial advisor or educator, great position to sort of spread the message, fantastic. Uh, someone shared in the group on WhatsApp, um, financial freedom. Um, I had a look at this, but I noticed that you had to sign up um, for the website or to receive emails. This could put a lot of people off. Um, I, I think it'd be a great idea to just have a, a basically a free website to give people information and resources. And then following that, if they want to sign up, they can and go from there. Okay, so education in the future. I think we need a, a bit of a new way of thinking and addressing young people's needs and what the world wants. The world's changing. Um, so I went to school 20 years ago and I look at the changes in education and, and what, we've, what we came from and where we are now. The industries that exist, you know, social media, everything. So I think we need really adapt what way of thinking. Uh, we need more choice. Um, I don't want to offend anyone, but possibly drop subjects like French or, or other subjects. I think they're really valuable, but I, I, I studied French for, I think, six years and I've never used it. Um, so that's just an idea where and we could create more flexible online online learning packages possibly for young people. So there may be a database where they've got a choice and they go, right, for this term, I'm going to learn financial education or social media skills or, you know, how to, how to start a business. So that could be really something which could develop in schools because I know in my work, we do a lot of online learning. It's, it's not the most engaging and, and things, but you can still get benefit from it. So... That's where we are at the moment with schools. Oh, sorry, in the future with schools. Um, another massive area where children learn about financial education is at home. Um, and obviously during this current coronavirus, um, it's, it's young people's kind of only form of education. So I'll move on to talk about home now and why some people don't financially, financially educate their children. Firstly, I've come up with beliefs. Now, a lot of young, a lot of, Parents may believe that money isn't everything. Money doesn't equal happiness. So there's a, there's a starting point. Money may have caused pain. You know, divorce rates are high, arguments in the household. If, if that's the environment young people are being brought into, then people may not be willing, to, families may not be willing to discuss money because it's a source of pain. Um, there may be shame and embarrassment from parents trying to talk about money. The, they may not have achieved something that they've wanted to, or they may not have the financial freedom or the financial security, stability that they want. So how can they then talk about money or, or finance, if you like, um, because they've made some bad choices in the future? I still believe they can, but that, that also comes down to confidence. And with confidence, um, I think there's a lack of resources possibly for parents. I mean, we can obviously discuss this afterwards, but... Yeah, a lack of resources and, and how to and how to start teaching someone about money. So that's a big thing. Um, also, I believe another reason why is because possibly um, parents may believe it's covered in school, which it is, but sadly, I think that can be improved. Okay, so why should we financially edu educate our children? Well, firstly, they'll benefit by making bigger, better, smarter choices in the future about debt, loans, pensions, houses, etc. Thinking bigger, this could impact the communities, 
and even countries that they live in and have that massive ripple effect. So if they're making better choices than their families do, than their communities do, then, you know, it's, it's endless. It'll take time, this, and it'll compound over time, but it could have a massive impact on nations. Um, real life, Facebook and Instagram, we need to manage some realistic expectations with that and why we should financially educate children because we see people with Lamborghinis or whatever and that's what I want, but in reality, that's not quite how it works. Uh, the most important thing why we should, for me, is to create a solid mindset and produce good habits um, with finance. But the mindset's the most important thing for me, and I think that's what we can really get into education and work with young people. Um, another reason why we should is it'll benefit mental health in the future. It could, it could impact, um, you know, debt-related suicides. I'm sure that's a massive reason why people do commit suicide. And if we can do anything to reduce that, absolutely fantastic. <clears throat> so I recently asked the year 12 people what financial education they received in school. Um, and the response was, not to sound rude, but absolutely nothing. All we did was colour in sheets and stuff. So that is a current year 12 student who's given feedback and how disappointing is that? Okay, how should we teach financial freedom? Of financial education well firstly for me it needs to be age appropriate start young through play you know pocket money um playing shops or, or however you do that fantastic it needs to be real life related um i think in schools we need to talk about pensions and tax at a bare minimum because from my education in a, a normal high school in northumberland there's none of that and you just you just go into the working world and, and that's it there's no no talk about student loans it was kind of like all right, you, you go in and you get a student loan, it's less than a pint a week and you pay back and, and you go, right, okay, and that's it. And then all of a sudden I'm in 15 grand, but that's the way it goes, isn't it? Um, we should talk about as well how, how we should teach it. It needs to be relevant and tuned into the young people's values. So with that, um, they may have a priority of buying a new game or a toy. Again, really important. It needs to be targeted in small groups. Fantastic. And go from there. Um, again, the mindset, values, and the habits at a young age are really important, and that's the fundamentals of it for me. Um, and we also need to take into account different learning styles, and from that, you know, what works best. How, how if a form tutor delivering financial education is not the best way forward. They may have limited interest in it. They might not be financially successful themselves. So personally, for me, we need we need people to go into schools who are, who are are doing it and who are successful who can then implement what we're teaching to these young people um okay finally on a summary then there is a lot of fantastic work going on in schools but there is still massive room for improvement um personally this is something that i feel really passionate about with working with young people and also investing in property um i'd love to connect with people on facebook if they've got it or you know in person if they've got any ideas but also um possibly about setting up a social enterprise or a business something along these lines where we're actually making a difference to young people communities and possibly the future of this generation that's it from me thank you thank you very much indeed mark uh, good stuff um thank you good, good range of reactions there appreciate it um so th yeah thanks very much thanks very much for that i suggest what i'm going to do is i'm going to um, go on to the next bit, but then absolutely when we do questions, it'll be questions for, for, for Mark uh, and Julie at the same time. Um, and uh, so if anyone's got any questions for Mark, stick them in the box now or, or remember them um, and, and we'll, we'll get those in later. I've certainly got a couple uh, which I'm, I'm looking forward to asking. Uh, I'm going to make a note now so I don't forget. Next. Um, and I think well, you make an excellent point about how it's not just about finances, it finance affects things. So I, I, I'm not an expert on, the, on suicide and things like that. I know that fi uh, finances and problems with money still given today is the main reason for divorce. Um, so, it, you know, it does impact people's lives. Uh, you mentioned Martin Lewis and his involvement in financial education if you and the investment he made uh, books here um i don't know if he still does free copies but he used to that's why i got it because uh, he doesn't like a freebie so it's called your money matters um and it's, it's great um i learned everything everything i i know about property and uh, finance from this book no i didn't really um but uh but it is good and it, it the only thing i'd say against it and i 
I don't mean this is criticism of Martin Lewis. He's a money-saving expert guy, for those who don't know. And I really like it, and I really like him. But uh, my guess is he's done this way because he's he trying to get into schools. So it looks like a textbook. So since I opened up, I don't know if anyone else is like this. I'm 40 years old. But since I see a textbook, I just feel depressed. Um, and like I don't want to do it anymore. Like I don't want to do it because this looks like work. Um, but I think the materials in here are great. And if you, you – know, things to adapt and, and – I think as a te as textbooks go, it's quite engaging. And if you pick out a few pages and, and sort of try and get, get, get the lesson from it. The other thing is it's very much do saving, do borrowing, you know, basics, if you like, rather than how to become a billionaire. But then it probably should be if it's if it's for the wider market. But, but of course, that's a, that might be a controversial view in itself. Maybe other people think differently. Um, now, uh, an exciting change from the norm. We're going to now hopefully have a, a very short video. Who put me onto this? I think it was Julie. Um, you put me onto this video, uh, and then I'm going to briefly mention another video which I think is really good, uh, and then we're going to go on to, 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 to listen to Julie. Uh, John is on fire here. Uh, here we go, one short video. I went over to my friend's house like every kid does and we were just kind of relaxing on the couch and his mom walked up to him, tapped him on the shoulder, he turned around and she pulled out a green piece of paper with the number 20 on it and it turned out it was a $20 bill. Now I was super confused because I've always loved money just like most kids do and I wanted to know how can I make $20 as well. So I asked my friend, how did you get that $20? Why did she do that to you? He said that he did a thing called chores. And every single time that he threw out the trash or that he cleaned up his room, he would get $20. So I immediately told my dad, Dad, I want you to do chores. He said, no. And I was super confused. Why do you want, like, why not? Like, don't you want me to have work ethic? Don't you want me to understand the power of work? And don't you want me to get in the habit of, like, taking out the trash on the stuff? He said, yeah. He said, but I expect you to do that stuff. He said, you're going to take out the trash. You're going to clean up your room. And I don't want you thinking that you're going to make money in the future by taking out the trash. He said, that will cause you to be a trash man. So what he did is he said, I'll do something better for you. I'll pay you $20 for every single success book that you read and write a report on. And so I did this. I, I started reading books. I started consuming and doing this stuff. And then his philosophy behind it was because he knew that whenever I was older, I would get paid for what I read as well. And since reading those books, guys, I've been featuring Forbes and Huffington Post. I've hung out with some huge celebrities. I made hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I have hundreds of thousands of followers on social media. And I'm making an impact that I could have never imagined that I would have made. And it's all because that he taught me the importance of reading and educating myself. Remember, the person hungry is to learn will always be fed the most results. Thank you very much, uh, John. That actually worked, which surprised everyone. Um, it wouldn't work on my computer for some reason, so thanks for hosting. Um, uh, I don't know anyone else, but I've not seen that before, and I thought it was um, it was good, powerful stuff. I mean, the guy's 55, um, but uh, but he's done very well for himself. Um, he's just not aged very well. I'm joking, of course. He's uh, a bit younger. So um, there's another video which Antan Tant put me onto, which is a bit longer, hence not really suitable for sharing in a, in a, in a, in a, in a webinar. But if Antan Tan, has uh, he already done it? If you, could you put the link up to the Ray Dalio one that you put me onto, uh, Ant? I'd have to stop calling it Antan Tan. Um, it's, um, and that's a basic economics one, which I, I think start, I think that the age required goes up as the video goes through. So I think the first five minutes is suitable for you know, younger children. But then after that, uh, it, while the words are simple, I think the concepts are quite difficult. Um, or, or become slightly more difficult, but it's a great video, great half hour watch. I learned something from it um, about basic economics as well. So that's another great resource, um, uh, which I imagine he's way on top of. Um, so that'll do for that on the video. Uh, that, that, that book I showed, by the way, and for a long time anyway, they were doing a free PDF online. Um, I don't know if he still is, if he just got that online for free. Um, I don't know if they're still doing the paper copies. Um, Without further ado, let's get on to listening to Julie. Um, Hello. Well, it, there, is, there is a little bit more ado. I've got to do a big intro. Uh, okay, cool. Don't, don't do me out of some ado. Uh, <laughs> problem is, I, I can't. Oh, here we are. Here we are. Found the ado. Uh, here we go. Um, 
as well as running her business remotely and hands-free from Abu Dhabi, Julie is a property investor and mum with twins who has a keen interest in making sure that her children are prepared for all that the 21st century will have to throw at them. And, and, um, and she joins us now. Uh, hello, Julie. Hi. Hi. So um, I kind of uh, came about doing this because I just had a, a, f a few things that I shared with Tom about on what we do with our children. So this is more sort of um, practical, really, about what we do, what we do with our with our kids to help them educate them financially. So um, I'm based in Abu Dhabi. Uh, we do single lets and HMOs in North West Manchester. Um, my husband has the expat job over here and I do, I do the UK property. Um, and, you know, obviously we're living in an expat community in an oil rich country and it's just, you know, completely polar opposite to, you know, a lot, a lot of parts of the UK, yet here's where our kids are being, being brought up. Um, and my background, when I, was, when I was a child, we were brought up actually on benefits and on, on housing benefits and money was, you know, scarce and, you know, all, all the stuff that, that, that comes with that. So that's my sort of um, framing, really, for why it was really important that I somehow educate our, our kids on, yeah, just on, on being able to manage money and, and knowing how you earn it and, and things like that. Um, so I've got six kind of like things that we that we do with um, with the kids. They're, they're seven years old now. I've sort of been probably doing some or most of these things for the last um, three years, maybe maybe even a bit more. Uh, time just sort of flies past, doesn't it? Um, so I'll just I'll, I'll just run through them really. Um, so first of all, it's the whole the, the video that Tom shared about Caleb Maddox and the idea that you don't get paid for chores, like. I'd never, I'd never thought, really thought about this any differently until I saw his video, and that must have been about three, three or four years ago. And I was just like, yeah, just, it just really resonated with me. I just thought, if we end up giving the children money for, for chores, then they'll, that it, that's all about you're exchanging your time for money. But then there are other ways to earn money, like investing and um, creating content and things like that. So that video and following Caleb um, really inspired me to kind of like just think differently about how we give the kids spends. So we don't, we don't give them spends. Um, they have to earn their money in other ways if, if, they, if they want something. Um, he actually has a subscription thing where you can like sign up for like some, a nominal like seven pounds a month or something like that. And you get his private Facebook page and he's just viral with videos. He creates and sends out so much content four kids and he's about 18 now or something um and I tried to share those with with the girls to see if they'd watch them and they actually didn't like them they're very American and and they just it just didn't land with them they didn't want to watch the video so we don't watch his videos but they are they are there for kids to help educate um educate kids for, for the small subscription so that's a concept that, that we kind of like employ um so point two is how, how, how do they earn money if they, if they want something? So the first way is they get paid if they create content. Um, so we will move on to the way that Caleb suggested, which is, you know, reading a um, personal development book or, or, or something like that. But the seven, <laughs> when we started doing this, there were, there were five. So I couldn't really, you know, get them to read, I don't know, Think and Grow Rich or, or something like that. Um, but they really, at the time, and they still do, they like listening to this podcast, this history podcast. Um, the episodes are like between six to eight minutes long. And it's all about people who've done something significant in history, whether it's Abraham Lincoln or Harriet Tubman or Ada Lovelace, you know, people who've, you know, there is a moral story. They've gone against adversity. So what I kind of say to them is if you want to earn some money, then write five sentences about, about any podcast, any of those podcasts that you want to give them a bit of direction. So they get into practice the writing as well. They do the content, give it to me. And then uh, the, the idea is, I've not quite put it into practice yet, but um, I keep them. The idea is that I'll, I'll catalogue them, you know, just put them on a, in a shared drive or something. So as they grow up, that grows and they've got, you know, they can see how they earned their the money as kids. Got to get there with that. Yeah, might get my VA to do it and help me with that. Um, so if we're in a shop and they see a piece of, you know, tat that, that, that they want, then I can say to them, well, you know, just 
do a do a write-up or something um, and quite often they'll come home write up the thing and, and they get four pounds for it so it's not huge amounts uh, but that they know that they can earn money from creating that that long-lasting content sometimes they'll get a bit um, entrepreneurial and ask if they can do a video rather than writing if you, you know if they don't fancy writing that day and that that's fine as well as long as it's long-lasting content um, so the third thing we do is um, they can choose to invest any, any of their money that they've earned through that way or seven-year-old kids lose a lot of teeth so they get a lot of money from the tooth fairy. I say a lot of money, it's like four pounds. Um, but when they, when they get the money from the tooth fairy, um, one particular time I think they must have just lot, lost a lot of teeth in quite quick succession. They had about, I don't know, 10 pounds. Um, so they invested in one of our each they each invested in one of our HMO rooms um, so they got to choose a room in the HMO um, and at the time we were working with an interior designer so they because it was their room they got to make a little video to send to the interior designer about what they wanted in their room I think there were probably six at this point and that you know to bring them into like our property business because being four and a half thousand miles away it can be quite difficult to Get them involved in it right so um they they believe in their mind they own these two rooms and they know the tenants they're always asking if the tenants paid their rent they get um they get an amount of money back each month from from the rent which then is also their their spend so if the tenant doesn't pay the rent they don't get their money so the that that's how it came about but you know they'll jump on the phone and sort it out kind of thing um so i'm finding that that's really working and if they want an ice cream and they've not got any money they'll shout across the playground well when's the rent you in i want to get an ice cream or something which is slightly embarrassing but you know i've got to balance that embarrassment against well they get it they just they just get it um so i fall through the floor a bit and just i'm happy that they're getting it more than i did um, so that's my third one. Um, my fourth one, which I should have put further up actually, I've just realised it's hidden at number four and it should be further up. Um, but there's Rich Dad Poor Dad, I know you mentioned the game before, but they have a comic, um, a comic version of the book, which I bought probably when they were four and got it delivered. And it says it's for age six years and above. And it's, it's about, it's got like a rat and a mouse and a turtle in it or something and it tells the whole story of the two boys but through these guys anyway so it I, I thought it was a bit old for them and um, so I just left it on the shelf but they found it when they were four years old and asked me to read it to them so I, I read it to them and um you know is it the, the language was okay I just thought it was a bit dry uh, but they got it instantly and um after one particular bit that just talked about the rat race they turned around and, and basically said so we don't want to get into that race then, do we, mummy? And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> and just the clarity. And again, you know, in terms of embarrassing moments, they would then go walk up to people and other parents of their friends and say, are you in the rat race? Um, which again, is quite embarrassing. But I'm, I'm, as much as it's embarrassing, I'm more happy that they, that they get it. So um, I... I I think that book's great and we still have it on the shelf and they pick it up every so often, but the concepts haven't, haven't gone away. Um, so I find that a really, really useful resource. Um, so the fifth thing that we do is uh, they have three jars and there's all sorts of different books and uh, blogs and you know articles say, saying this. So it isn't anything that I invented. I've, I've picked it up from somewhere. Uh, but they have three, three jars and I make them glass jars so we can see what's inside them. They're actually old jam jars. So any money they do get from the tooth fairy or from their monthly rent from, from the properties or from content that they create, then it goes into three jars and the jars are labeled spend, save and give. Um, so when they get some money, just, I just want them to be aware of the principle of splitting the money between those, those three jars. And because of the rage, I, I don't really get into the proportions that they split it. I kind of want them to feel empowered and that, and that they own it. So I just, you know, I say you can split it however you want. Just make sure that some goes in every in every jar. And more often than not, if I give them three five uh, three five dirham notes, that's like roughly a pound. They'll put one five dirham note in each jar. They'll they'll choose to do it that way. Um, so I, I I just feel that that's kind of like teaching them budgeting and choices from the start. And also that when you get money, you you can spend some immediately. That's that's okay to spend some immediately, but also have some 
that you're proportioning to give, like to whether it's charity or whether it's to buy a gift for somebody, but just someone you're going to give to do something to help or to make somebody else feel better. And then there's the, um, the, the save jar, which is the one kind of like put that money there and keep and keep that. Um, so that's point five. So the sixth thing that we do then is with that save jar, yeah, they can leave that money sat in the jar, but I kind of like encourage them to do something with it um, in terms of invest. So, you know, quite often they'll say, I want, I think the first thing they wanted was a watch. They wanted a watch. And um, I just said, right, well, you can save for it. We kind of calculated from the last Tooth Fairies visit that, um, well, so set, step back a bit. So they can use that money to invest in something. So I give them the option to either invest in my property business or invest it in my husband's business because he's got an Amazon business. It's like a side hustle to his um, expat day job. Um, and then they basically negotiate the terms to loan it to us. So they'll, if they're loaning it to me, they'll generally agree an interest rate of 100% return, um, 100% per week. Um, and I'll go, oh, you're a tough negotiator. Um, sometimes I'll try and knock them down, but I don't often manage it. Um, so they give me their money, we write out a little contract agreement, you know, this amount, this date, this thing, they sign it, I sign it, um, and then that, that little loan note basically goes into their money jar. And the next week, um, we do the, right, well, here's your £4, it's now doubled, here's your £8, what do you want to do? Do you want to keep that um, and go and get, you know, knock yourself out with ice creams, or do you want to give it back to me? And next week, you'll get £16. And if you give it to me for another week, then you'll have your 20 you'll have your 32 pounds, which is the cost of your watch. So, you know, what do you want to do? Um, and they actually kept it with me and they would take it back off me and give it me back each week so that they got the watch and, and fully invested it. So I, I like that because they're kind of like, they're getting familiar with loans and, and, and investing things. They're kind of like getting a bit of negotiating. It's marked that the downside to doing this is if we need to run to the shop and get some milk and we've got no money and we need like two pounds, They'll be like, well, what interest rate are you going to give me, my mate? And I end up having to agree to 100% interest for one week. <laughs> but again, I'm like, well, do you know what? They're just, it, it makes me happy that they're getting it. It creates the right behaviours. They can negotiate. They can let, they're learning about leverage when, when they need to. Um, and I kind of, I, I guess the seventh point, which I hadn't written about, which has just sort of come to me that I think it's important to mention because some of those things are quite commercial. I don't want them to be like, you know, hard-nosed negotiators taking advantage of every situation. Um, but obviously, you know, we do also make sure that we're, um, we do like charity work and charity donations. And part of the reason of our property portfolio of us scaling it is that we, we, do, we, do, give 20, we, we do give a percentage of our um, um, rental profit to to charities that are important to our family so all of this makes them aware that they can build their own income and then a percentage of it you know can still go and can still go and do good it's not just all about getting their own material things that they want um so yeah they're my kind of like first-hand first-hand experiences basically and things that we're trying to do to teach our kids how to manage their money super thank you very much um but probably my voice is whenever I say anything at all, it sounds like I'm being sarcastic. So when I, when I, when I say thank you very much, that was amazing. It sounds like, oh, you know, which, which, which isn't the case at all. I thought I was genuinely enjoying that. Um, I learned a lot. Uh, and, and, and like the contrast perhaps with uh, Mark's sort of macro uh, look and then, and then Julie's more focusing on the day-to-day, -day, the micro stuff. The, okay, so how do you actually do this with, with kids? Both, I thought they bounced off each other really nicely. Um, so thanks for that. Uh, thanks for that, Julie. Uh, I've learned a lot. Um, while I remember, uh, so thinking hats on everyone, questions, uh, fire them in on the chat, or someone earlier did a raise hand option, uh, which was a bit showing off, frankly. Um, I always forget what the raise hand thing is, but if, if you raise your hand, I'll see that, um, and then come to, it will come to you, and uh, you, can, you, know, you can pop a question in. It was fun watching people's reactions, uh, Dan and, uh, uh, and, and a lady there. I don't want to assume that's a, a girlfriend or wife. Like, <laughs> It probably is, but what do I know? Uh, uh, yeah, oh, smashing, good stuff. Uh, that's that's lucky. The uh, wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, seems to be very much enjoying that and nodding away. So that, that was good to see, and um, uh, I'm really enjoying it too. So, um, uh, so get you get your questions in. What else did I have here? Ah, oh, yeah, links. We've had at least two useful links, possibly more in the chat. My apologies, if I missed things in the chat. It's uh, it's quite busy, which is a good thing. 
So we've had the link to the Ray Dalio video from Anton Tantoli, that's really worth a watch. And we had the link to, I think this book, the PDF version from Amory Ingram, I think it was, or was it Mason? One of the, one of the Amory's kindly posted the link to, to that book in the chat as well, if you want to check that out. Um, uh, I made a note of the, the tooth fairy thing. I don't know if anyone else said this. When I was 10 years old, I pulled out two of my own teeth, um, uh, which were, uh, they unfortunately were children's teeth, but because they, I got 20, p, 20 pence a pop, um, and I can't remember what it was for, but I badly needed 40p. and couldn't think of another way to get it. If they were four quid, if it's four quid a go now, I'd have none of these. Um, that would have, have been me out. So I'm, I'm pleased that the inflation and so on uh, has, has uh, uh, you know, meant that um, I've at least got a set of gnashes. But uh, I, I, mean, I, I don't joke, I actually would have no teeth. But I'm, I'm glad that that, that that seems like a, a, a genuinely brilliant system. Um, I don't know if you've got a link, uh, Julie, to, or some sort of where we can check out the Rich Dad Poor Dad comic. I'd love to see that, or if I can buy it on Amazon, if it's still in print. Or yeah, I find it. It's, it, it is a bit of a weird one to find, so I will. I'll I'll find one and say, yeah, that's that's it. That is it. Kathy's got it on a screen. <laughs> Howard, that's, that's Howard's hand. Come on. <laughs> oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that's good, but that, that does not me, does it? I can't have Howard on the on the chat every time I speak to my nephew. Oh, you're popping it in the chat. Good man. It's the other side, but, but I get your point. Um, that's great stuff. Thank you. Yeah, links, links, welcome. Um, so I'm going to kick off with a... I haven't got any raised hands at the minute. I've, I've got some questions in the chat, but I'll, I'll start with I'll start with a question. Quick off the question or two to Mark and then, um, and then open it, and then maybe Julie, and then open it to the floor. So Mark, um, question one. Um, how do we get this... You mentioned you know, things about macro and it's important to get into schools and drop French, which, by the way, I'm right behind. I don't know if we've got any French people in the thing. I, I didn't want to be too offensive. <laughs> Sorry, Mark, go on. I didn't want to be too offensive by dropping French, but you get the idea of picking a subject which, you know. Well, sure, I was 15 years old. My example, I'm sure we've all got one, uh, unless you went to a good school, which I didn't, was, um, that's, that's pretty apparent, was, was I, spent, I spent six weeks colouring in uh, Roundheads versus Cavaliers, I think. Um, and I don't know now where Roundheads, Cavaliers, what they were doing. What, you know, I'd much rather been learning about interest rates or, or you know, how to invest in property. Um, so whether it's, whatever, pick a subject, you know, there's so much stuff we learn, which I'm not saying is useless because it's not for some people. Um, so it's, difficult, it's a difficult subject to talk about, isn't it? Because you're going you're to make someone cross, which I think was your point. Um, yeah. but whatever, but I think there's a, there's a point here is about balance, and about the number of hours in a school week and about how maybe, just maybe, we should spend an hour or two teaching people about cash um, as an important subject, as an important... as as an imp subject as important as some of the others which we learn about, which I think is a valid point. So, my first question one is how do we get this into schools? Um, someone, two people flagged up in the week when I was saying about this, said, oh, I think um, Simon Zucci, uh, the, the Property Investor Network chief, um, mm -hmm. has, has done some work on this and tried to get it into schools. But I did a good, good old Google search on that and couldn't find anything. That doesn't mean he's, he's not done it or not been successful at it. He might well have been, but I couldn't find any, any material on it. If anyone knows any links to that, great. But, uh, you know, uh, how do you get into schools? For example, my sister is an assistant, assistant head of a school and we've had chats about if I could go in and do some financial education and, and we're still working on it. But it is, it is tricky to get it past management, to say the least, because if it's not on a GCSE, if, it's, you know, if Ofsted don't care, if GCSE, if it's not on a test, if it's not, you can't test it, um, then, then it's really difficult to get, to get past those barriers. What are your thoughts on that? 100% agree. Um, with exactly what you said when we had a discussion earlier in the week, I mentioned Ofsted because it's not it's not a results sort of thing. So my brother works in a school, and he says during life skills and stuff, young people do these sessions. You know, it's, it's discussed by form tutors, which isn't ideal, which I mentioned, and it's kind of like just a bit ad hoc. And then the young people might have discussions or fill out worksheets. And I was like, right, so what happens with them worksheets? Do they get marked? Do they get assessed? He's like, no, they just get put in a cupboard and then stored. So I think there's really, when I agreed to do this presentation, I think it just opens up how many issues there really is. Um, I haven't got the answers of how to get into schools, but I think by starting forums like this and being, being aware and being educated um, and being financially sort of, you know, aware, can hopefully start to make a difference because something does need to change. You know, I went to school 20 years ago and things things have progressed, fortunately, but it doesn't seem we should be where we're at. Do you know what I mean? We should be yeah, further, further on. 
Smashing. Well, thanks for that, and thanks for. Um, well, I'll thank, I'll thank everyone for keeping, as Mike did there, keep their answers. Well, obviously, answer the question. We'll keep as brief as we can there because we've got 12 minutes to go. We've got 14 minutes to go, and that way we'll, not that I'm keeping track, but that way we'll get through as many as we can. So, really appreciate that, Mike. Next yeah. one then, and it's, this is going to be a difficult one to answer, uh, answer, uh, answer briefly, but I'm sure you'll do your best. Um, before okay. I ask it, uh, we've got uh, Howard's kindly posted the Rich Dad link, or, or I'm sure something that will get you in the right direction for the, for the, for the book or comic we were talking about. Um, and then, uh, uh, you don't want me asking about it. You mentioned you work in a, a secure unit, which I find fascinating. I watched them yeah. uh, uh, um, a while ago about how, uh, you know, the rehabilitation is kind of a myth in, in British institutions of that nature. Um, mm. uh, and we're not doing well by our uh, prisoners, prisoners or young offenders. Um, uh, but, and they were giving, as they often do in these things, uh, Scandinavia is a good model of where, one of the few places they were doing well. I, I was wondering, I, I'd be interested in your opinion, is that fair or is that not fair? And in fact, we're doing, we're doing well by these young people or is there a lot more we can do? And if so, maybe what, what can people here do, if anything, to improve? Or is it a bit like the schools and, you know, it's, it's a difficult one to have the answer for? Um, really briefly, um, yes, it's very fair what you've just said. And, you know, rehabilitation and stuff, it's really difficult. It's so complicated. When you people get released from from where I work, they're just going back into the same communities with the same people, with the same with the same issues. We can challenge it while, while we're in and they improve and the behaviour improves and everything like that. But ultimately, when they leave after six months, a year, five years, whatever, they're then going back to the same environments. So it's, it's a massive challenge. And I'm, I'm fully aware of the Scandinavian model and the success of that and having a bit more freedom and a bit more choice. Who knows? There's definitely a better way to do things fully. If people wanted to help, and if people want to help, they could become a full-time, you know, youth offenders worker. That'd be one way. But assuming people don't want to do that, is there such a thing as going in once a week and and, and meeting and chatting with people, or is that have I just made that up? Uh, is that a nonsense? You've made that up, but I'd, I'm happy to speak to my manager and possibly see if we can organise something. We're based in Salford, um, and go from there and see what we're going to actually do and see if this maybe would. But then not even just concentrate on young offenders. Let's create a network where we can go into different schools and go into different, you know, let's start in Salford and then, then go further afield from that. Yeah, excellent. Thanks, Mark. Really appreciate yeah. that. Uh, I've, uh, so anyone interested in any of that, then by all means, drop Mark a little personal message or on the Cooper group. Um, yeah. And I, I, if, if nothing else, I've learned today that, that um, youth offenders units or youth units or whatever they're called have, um, have Ofsted inspections. I didn't know yeah. that. And I, I think that's a great thing. You know, at least that's something, isn't it? At least they're... At least they're not being tested in the right way, so we should be grateful for that. I think. Yeah, it's it's one of the days of like a ball stall or anything. Like that. It's 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 unbelievable what we do, but it's obviously it's challenging the norms, and we are still difficult environments. But yeah, absolutely, Ofsted in standards, great. Okay, great stuff. Thanks, Mark. Um, oh, has has uh, anyone else got any questions for Mark? Uh, hands in the air, or give me a shout, or literal hands in the air is fine. I can't see everyone on one screen. So we've got too many people. So if um, uh, if anyone, yeah, just 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 shout me up. Um, oh, it's Ant. Yeah. Uh, it's Ant. Tom. Oh, Ant first. Then we'll go to Andrew. Ant. Just one thought. I just posted there. I mean, when you come back to the Ofsted, really, what's happened there is the schools have been gamed around. Uh, the heads are incentivized for them to do. Well, you know what I mean? You see, you see all the little banners, you know what I mean? Outstanding by Ofsted. What you've got to influence is we've got to somehow influence the metrics that they're scoring against to be more relative to success in life. Because it's a classic analogy. How many star pupils at school do pretty poor in life because they just, they're just, they've learned, they've been drilled in system for learning and passing their exam, but they can't actually think and apply themselves necessarily around life goals. Unfortunately, from my experience, I would say most of the, most of the, all of the people I know that are teachers from build it something else. So they're not exactly the people that I want inspiring kids. Uh, you know what I mean? Not being like malicious, but a lot of the people I've worked, like seen, have all tried other things and have been completely lost. And like, oh, it's a free bonus, free, free, um, free thing, go and do teaching. Oh, I'll go and be teacher. Um, I think you've got to you've got to set the right incentives for so then you can so then Ofsted is driving the pupils and the generation in the right direction. Sure, thanks very much, Ant. I, I, you know, I, I totally take your point on board there. Um, let's go to 
Andrew and then get some... Uh, get, 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 um, yeah, question. Uh, was it Mark um, uh, regarding the uh, financial education? So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm fully on board with the comments just made. I mean, I, I think that the, the idea that the educational system could ever educate children financially, um, you know, in, in kind of entrepreneurship and uh, is, is, is you're running up against a fundamental problem, which is the people who work in the education system are paid by the state and they see the state as the solution to every problem. You know, the answer to any, whatever question you ask, the answer is always more state. And, and people like that fundamentally can never educate people because um, the, the understanding they have is so fundamentally flawed that they will never be able to break out of that and, and pass on a, a more comprehensive understanding of how the world works. So, um, you know, it's fine if you teach people maths or chemistry or, or whatever, but, but absolutely useless for teaching people entrepreneurship. I really want to understand more about your, um, your work and what you're doing um, uh, to educate kids. I, you know, I'm very interested in financial education for kids, also very interested uh, as well as uh, on um, youth funding. I've applied twice to become youth offending team member but never made it and I, I just wanted to understand you know what you're doing act actively it's a very well to have the ambition but are you working on any projects that other people can get involved in or is this just an aspiration or what if you could speak more to that that'd be great okay uh, thank you very much Andrew Mark yeah thanks for that Andrew that was really insightful um so me personally I deliver life, sc life skills within um, the secure unit and also PSHE um, these aren't delivered in school because I'm a residential worker, but I deliver like after school clubs and things like that. So I do directly deliver um, not just finance for young people, you know, life skills and cooking or, or whatever that is. So really varied. Um, <clears throat> probably like ants discussed and different things like that. It's probably not as robust as it could be. Um, I never thought by doing this presentation or whatever that we could open up ideas realistically about um, how we could get other people in the way I work or, or in the wider community, but that seems to be a common theme. So let's try and get our heads together and do something. Because um, you've obviously got an interest if you, you've applied to be a yacht worker. Um, so we'll go from there. Yeah, my details are in the chat. Oh, fantastic. Great. Crystal, thanks, um, Andrew and Mark. Let's, um, let's, let's turn our... <laughs> um, our fettered attention, that's probably that's the incorrect use of the word fettered, but I do like the word, so forgive me, um, to, to Julie now, who is far from fettered, um, who is, is lovely. And uh, I, I've got a couple of questions. If anyone else has got any, then, then feel free to jump in. Um, uh, one question I've got, which is perhaps a strange one, which is, it seems like you've done, I mean, far be it for me to know, I don't have any children myself, but um, but it seems like you've done a great job in in educating the kids about, about these kind of issues. Um, and by the way, I should point out that lots of people in the, in the, in the chat are disagreeing in a nice way with my thought about Ofsted. And it's made me think a little bit like maybe, maybe Ofsted, not the solution here. Maybe the current system is so broken or so bad that you can't really fix it and you need a, a revolution rather than an evolution. Um, I'm just kind of summarizing people's thoughts there, but that's interesting to see. And uh, I need to give those some thought, but you might well be right. Um, uh, with, with your children, Julie, um, does it does it you you touched on it a couple of times, but does it create more problems? Or I mean that in a nice way. Like, does it create problems that you know, like you've got to pay four quid for milk rather than two? Or do you worry about how that's going to play out when they're seventeen, twenty-seven, thirty-seven? I guess I guess not. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it. I mean, it is like I say, it it, it is a bit it's more embarrassing when when they shout when when they'll they'll be in the playground and go, I want an ice cream or. I want so, and obviously we do buy them ice creams, right? Or sometimes, uh, but for whatever reason, they'll just think they've got to use their own money. They shout across the playground, "When, when's the rent coming in?" And then people say to me, "Oh, why have you said that?" So I have to say, "Oh, well, because if they want something, they, they use their rent money to get it." And you know, some people might perceive that that's mean, mean of me to not buy them the thing that they need. But if they if they want something, it's a want rather than a need, and it's not a birthday, and it's not a Christmas then I kind of think it's the right thing to do because what's the alternative that you buy everything that, that you know, that, that children want that's in the shops and something else and what does that drive? That drives like a consumerist materialistic behaviour um, and how's that going to play out in, in 20 years time when they're going to be, you know, so, so I, I'm quite, con I guess I'm quite aware of the things that we're doing now. I am thinking about the future and thinking, well, that's a life skill that when they're in the in, in the teens, twenties, 
that they kind of like know how to get money. Like if they, if they want something and they've not got the money for it, I, I hope that they're thinking, all right, well, how can I earn some money? What, what can I do? It's entrepreneurial. Can I create some content? Can I not do like a, uh, some sort of dodgy investment scheme, but hopefully they're just savvy enough to know how to create, to create, uh, income from somewhere. So, uh, yeah, I'm sort of mindful that what we're doing now is hopefully creating the right behaviors in them. Um, Hopefully. Yeah, I'm muted. I'm unmuted now. Uh, well, thanks very much. Excellent. Um, does anyone else have any uh, questions? I'm looking in the chat, uh, or um, or um, or comments, or, or maybe another little thing. I thought just to finish was if anyone's got any cool games or things that they've done with their uh, kids or whatever. Um, uh, Howard's got his hand up. Or I should have said Kathy. Um, <laughs> hello, team. Hi, um, I just wanted to share because I think it's really come up with what I think it's brilliant by the way your shares both of you have really good, it's fantastic um, I love what you're doing Julie, I think it's fab the, um, the, the schooling system that we've got is um, uh, teaches a dependency model and, uh, and we were hearing about the green school in Bali uh, where they're teaching the kids how to actually look after themselves so when they learn reading and writing they have to first of all go out and say well what do you need to actually write well you need something to write on so what do you do rather than being handed paper they have to go out into the forest and actually find the things to actually so they become more resourceful but they actually look for the materials and and some of the, it made me really think because we've all been brought up and you know with a dependency model and to some degree we are dependent you know we're dependent we, we try to be independent and to find our way and it's you know finding our own way to teach the kids to be more resourceful as we learn to be more resourceful. For me, that was I think a really important part of what we're talking yeah. about here. Yeah, I've coloured in round heads and cavaliers, bales. Um, didn't do me any harm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's interesting you mentioned that. Where I went to school in in, in Salford, we all were sent out because equally we didn't have any paper. We had to go and steal it from stationers before we could before we start the class. So it was a similar sort of thing, but um, it's like different. I don't think that was quite the No, these guys are making it from cow dung. <laughs> They're making it from cow dung. A bit different. <laughs> so, yeah, I think prefer my system. I think they green school. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, so anyone who's got kids who wants to send a long way away, Bali's an excellent, <laughs> excellent spot. Um, I, I, I've got a couple of hands up, but I think I want to try and finish it on time, which is about now, because uh, um, uh, I think that's good if I'm at a meeting to try and finish on time. So I will finish it there, especially on uh, Cathy's uh, excellent point. Um, unless anyone's got anything super pressing, but it better be amazing. No, I thought not. Right, good. Um, so... I'd like to thank everyone for attending and um, to the millions of people listening to the podcast around the world. Uh, special thanks to our speakers, uh, Julie Dixon and, uh, no, hang on, I've got those mixed up. Julie Talbot, my apologies. And um, I'm going to set this wrong now as well. Mark Dixon, thank you both very much indeed. Um, uh, yes, uh, thanks for the reactions. And this is the point where really, and this is a point for everyone to think about for next week. I need like a catchphrase or something to finish these off. Because right now it seems natural enough, but on the podcast, can look weird. I just stop it. So we need a kind of dun, 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 kind of big finish. So if anyone can come up with a, a catchphrase, I want to say back stronger, but I've just nicked that from the Peter Crouch podcast. Um, so I can't say that one. So dun, 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 